mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen and amen. Would you do me a favor and grab my tablet for me? Pat's got it. Thank you very much. Well, I know that our time is drawing to an end, but I just want to share a few words with you this morning. promise not to hold you much longer, but I felt like that was uh, very important this morning. Very, very important for what the Lord is speaking and saying and doing. Uh, in these last days, God is pouring His Spirit out in tremendous ways, and we just need to be available to it. Well, we've been on a series on the seven miracles of Jesus, and today we are on miracle number three, which is Jesus healing the man at the pool of Bethesda. We will be reading from John chapter 5, verses 1 through 9. We'll read through these scriptures, and then I just want to kind of hit some high points on our notes this morning, because we don't want to... We don't want to hold you up too much longer today. Uh, but Scripture is very important when we read the miracles of Jesus, and we need to pay close attention to them, because if we'll pay close attention, God will speak to us in ways that we can't even imagine, but we have to pay close attention. John chapter 5, verses 1 through 9, Scripture says this, Sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. Now, there is in Jerusalem near the Sheep Gate a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda and which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. Here, a great number of disabled people used to lie, the, uh, excuse me, lay the blind and the lame and the paralyzed there. One who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there, he, he, he learned that he had been in this condition for a long time. And he asked him, do you want to get well? What an ironic question from Jesus. This man's been sick for 38 years and Jesus asked him, do you want to get well? Seemed like an odd question, didn't it? We're going to see why that question is so important here in just a bit. Verse 7 says, Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool. When the water is stirred, while I am trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. What you have to understand is this pool would be stirred and whoever got in the water first received the healing. This poor man was an invalid. He had no one to help him get into the water. Then Jesus said to him, Get up, pick up your mat, and walk. And in verse 9 it says that once the man was cured, didn't even have to get in the pool, didn't even have to make it to the place of healing, Jesus just spoke to his life, and he was cured and he was healed. What kind of God do we serve? At once the man was cured, he picked up his mat and walked. The day on which this took place was a Sabbath. There are three players in this story. The first one is the multitude. See, the people in this miracle at the pool were unwell. How many of, you, how many of us can say that, that that is either us today or has been us? Unwell. We're sick or there's something wrong with us, many people today are suffering with situations and circumstances that are out of their control. And because of this, they are unwell. Just like on the day of this miracle, Jesus has come for the sick. Can you say amen? Who is the sick? The sick is me and the sick is you. We need a Savior. We need Jesus. And He came for us. Many today are looking for miracles in different places and in different ways when all along Jesus is that miracle and He is in our midst. The multitude that we read about in this story is me and it's you. 
And maybe you've come here today and you're not well. You're just not well. My friends, the great thing about Jesus being in our midst is that we don't have to, we don't have to climb into the pool or we don't have to do anything special for Him to meet our needs. We just simply have to bend an ear to it. We just simply have to open up our hearts and our spirits and our minds and receive from Him. Why did Jesus ask the man did He want to be healed? The same reason why He asked us today. The same reason why He constantly knocks on our heart's door and says, Can I come in? Can I save you? Can I help you? Can I heal you? Can I set you free? It's not that God doesn't want to. It's just that oftentimes He's not given the opportunity. When He's given the opportunity, He will come into our hearts. He will come into our lives. He will save us, set us free, and He'll heal us. Can you say amen? The second major player in this was the man himself. This man was like many today. He was first and foremost incapacitated. He was incapacitated. This means not having the ability to function normally. Maybe that's you today. Maybe you feel that way. You feel incapacitated. You're just not functioning normally. He was carried everywhere that he went. He was forced to beg his way through life. And he was helpless and useless to those around him. This is not the life that Jesus would have any of His children to live. Jesus does not want us living our lives in stress, distress, discomfort. Are those times going to happen? Yes, they are. Are we going to face bad situations and bad people? Yes, we are. Are we sometimes going to get sick? Are we sometimes not going to win the game? Absolutely to all of those. But God does not want us living in turmoil and in stress. He wants to heal us. He wants to make us new. He wants to give us life again. The second thing that this man was that you might be today is this. He was late. Without raising your hands. How many of you are notoriously late? Husbands don't nudge your wives. Wives don't nudge your husbands. This man was late. Time and time again the man missed his chance for a miracle. Someone seemed to always get the miracle before him. You ever felt that way, again, without raising your hand? Have you ever felt like someone is always seeming to get a miracle except for you? And how many of you, again, without raising your hand, would be, uh, uh, would be honest and say, I'm ready for my miracle? I'm raising my hand. I told you not to raise yours. Huh? I'm ready for my miracle. We get that way sometimes, don't we? For 38 years, this man was late for his Miracle. At no fault of his own, by the way. He couldn't get in the water. He didn't have anyone to help him. But what separated this man from others is that he kept coming to what he knew as the source. Let, let that sink in just for a second. He kept coming back to the source of where the miracle was at. Maybe you're here today and you feel like it's been 38 years since you've received your miracle. My friends, don't be discouraged. Don't fret. Keep coming back to the source where the miracle's at. And I'm not talking about the pool. I'm talking about Jesus. Because your miracle could literally be right around the corner. You never know when the next prayer that you breathe might be the interaction that you have with Jesus when all of a sudden He decides to reach down 
and touch your life. Keep coming back to the source. Don't give up on Jesus. Don't give up on God. You say, Pastor, I'm tired of fighting windmills. I'm tired of battling. I'm tired of struggling. Struggling. When is God going to move? Perhaps today. Perhaps here in about ten minutes. Perhaps tomorrow. Perhaps a month from now. Don't you dare give up on God. Don't you dare give up on Jesus. The third thing that this man was that we ourselves can be sometimes is this. is He was desperate. He was desperate. This was a man, this was a man who would, would show up for a miracle every single day. He was desperate for a miracle. My question to you this morning is this. Are you desperate for your miracle? We get desperate for a lot of things. I'm bad about getting desperate for chicken wings. This ain't real spiritual, but let me just, hallelujah. My youth pastor said glory. He receives that. I, I, I get desperate for chicken wings. My wife don't care for them too much, but I get desperate. And how many of you know that sometimes uh, 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 desperation calls for desperate measures? I have been known to sneak out and come over here to Struts and eat me. Hallelujah. Ten wings. Hot. Side of ranch. I need two of them, not just one. Glory. Desperate times sometimes call for desperate measures. Sometimes we need to get desperate enough to receive a miracle from God. To where we're willing to stay awake a few minutes longer to pray. We're willing to come to church one more Sunday. We're willing to continue to be obedient in our giving and in what we do. Because we just know. We just know that God's going to move. we got to get desperate, y'all. For some of us, we got to get desperate for a move of God in our lives. And it's until we get desperate that we may not see God move. It could be that He's just waiting for us. To want Him, to desire Him, and be so desperate for Him that that's all that matters. The third player in this story is the Messiah. It's Jesus. The compassion of Jesus for the man is seen in three wonderful ways. Here are three ways that we see the compassion of Jesus in this story. First and foremost, Jesus chose Him out of all the others. This is a sign of the grace of Jesus. This man did not earn His miracle... Out of all of the others. He didn't earn it. He didn't even deserve it more than anybody else. It was given to him by one reason and one reason only. And that was because of the grace of Jesus. The Jesus that we serve is gracious, y'all. He is full of grace and ever abounding in mercy. He loves us even when nobody else will. He cares for us even when nobody else can. We serve a merciful Jesus. Grace means the free, unmerited favor of God. The third wonderful way that we see Jesus, or second wonderful way that we see Jesus' compassion is this. Jesus knew his condition and still cared for him. Jesus knew everything about this man. He knew that he was helpless and useless. Jesus looks beyond our problem and reveals the solution. Let, let me repeat that. Jesus looks beyond your problem and will reveal to you the solution. That's because we serve a gracious God. He loves us enough to not hold our past against us. Aren't you so glad? The ones that 
The ones that are fresh in that are the ones that just said amen. Because they realize that if their past kept them from growing and receiving and knowing Jesus, then they, they, they wouldn't even be able to walk through the doors of this church. But those that have recently received the grace and mercy of Jesus, baby, they get it. Because they remember what just last year was like. The drunken stupor or the drug-induced coma that they were in. They know that God's delivered them from that. Why? Just through His grace. <laughs> through His mercy. And for those of us that have been saved a long time, it would do good for us to remember just how gracious God has been to us. Those of us that have had the luxury of growing up in the church, I used to tell people, I teethed on a pew. I'm in a church my whole life. Not everybody has had that luxury. For those of us that have, it would be good for us to remember just how gracious and good God has been to us. He's good. The third compassion, the third way of compassion that we see in Jesus is this. Jesus offered him a chance to begin again. Oh, hallelujah. Aren't you glad for new beginnings? A <laughs> couple of y'all got that. Aren't you glad for new beginnings? Jesus offered him a chance to begin again. This man had been broken for over 38 years. And one day, he meets Jesus and is offered a chance to begin again. When Jesus asked the man if he wanted to get well, he was asking him if he wanted a second chance. And he is asking that same question today to me and to you do you want a second chance will you stand to your feet with me this morning as Trey comes we serve a God of second chances we serve listen we serve a God of third and fourth and fifth and sixth and seventh and eighth and ninth I could continue to chance after chance after chance after chance, after chance. My friends, He's waiting on you today. Maybe you have strayed away from God. Or maybe, you, maybe you've never had a relationship with God. But you're ready for a healing. You're ready for a miracle. You're ready for another chance. And how many of you know it's not every day that you get another chance? Sometimes one shot's all you get. But with Jesus... As long as He tarries His return and He allows you to have breath in your lungs, you get another chance. Maybe it's a failed marriage or a failing marriage. Maybe it's a critical spirit. Maybe it's depression. Maybe it's hurt and it's pain. Maybe you just don't understand. You're ready to quit and give up on God. He's still here. He's waiting on you. He doesn't want you to quit. He doesn't want you to give up. He wants you to remain desperate for a touch from Him. And He wants you to realize and to know that He is a God of second chances. As they play and as they sing today, if you're hurting, if you're hurting, and you need a touch from the Lord, would you come to these altars?